Hi, everybody. I'm Sunny, and this is We Gotta Talk, a live weekly digital talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. Real talk, big topics. Now, let's dig in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to We Gotta Talk, where it's all about real talk on big topics. I am Sunny. I'm your host. Thanks for being here. If you're new, welcome. We like to take uncomfortable topics and dig deep and ask all sorts of uh, sometimes inappropriate, (laughs) sometimes difficult questions. Um, We like to talk about current events and break them down into conversational ways to understand and interpret them because I really feel like it's important to to stay engaged with the world around us and um, find a way to interpret what this... It really ends up being a lot of bias in the media industry. So we dig into big things here and we also dig into the fun and the frivolous. If you've uh, peeked at the feed or listened to any recent episodes, you know that a big focus here is also beauty, self-care, health, and things like that. Sometimes we also do just fun life catch-up episodes. So that's what this one is today. And I'm really glad you're here. There's a lot to catch up on. Bear with me. This may be disjointed at times. I'm sitting here doing this and um, heading back to school relatively in a relatively short amount of time to get the kids. We're back We're back in action. And I've got a fourth grader, I've got a second grader, and I've got a kindergartner this year. And so it is the first year where they're all doing the full day, which is big. It feels, you know, it feels good. It's like, it's not bad, obviously, to have a ton of free time during the day, but there is this small lingering part of me that just really, truly misses. Um, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. Misses like the baby and the toddler days. It's so wacky to think about the fact that this is the first time in almost 10 years, in nine and a half years, that, um, you know, at least for a portion of the year, like the school year, I've had eight hours to myself and only myself all day. Last year, when our little one was in pre-K, our daughter, she had a shorter schedule. We would skip school all the time. Like, <laughs> I actually was volunteering today at the kids' school, and I saw the principal, and I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't tell you this. But, you know, she was having a really hard time coming into school today, and she asked me if we could do a skip day again. And I would let her skip all the time, and I was telling this to the principal of the school. Because in pre-K, what are you learning anyway? I mean, you're learning not to be a future convicted felon, pretty much. You're learning how to behave, how to follow the rules, how to not, you know, react in an inappropriate way when a challenge happens. And, you know, you do some colors and you do some basic stuff too. So anyway, point is, I would always pull her out of school last year just because I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for a crying kid. And, you know, I can't do that anymore. I told her when I was putting her down to bed last night, I was like, she said, oh, it's going to be such a long day tomorrow. And I said, I know, I know it's new for you. And she said, let's do a skip day. I said, we can't do skip days anymore. You're officially in school, like in school, school. So it's been wild. It really has. I feel like from, you know, my fourth grader first entering school when he was around two to now, I, I really wanted to, I feel like in some ways we've got, I've gotten a little better at the, the process of letting go and letting them go be their own people. But there's really, there's always this level of just nostalgic sadness, I feel like, that comes with every passing year. And I know every parent out there like completely understands it. It's so corny. And I hate repeating this because it's really tough, especially for 
parents who are in the younger, you know, the earlier stages of their baby's lives or getting up multiple times a night and who are, you know, whose kids are there during the day. You, all you want to do is run and hide and be alone. And then the day comes and you're like, oh, this actually is kind of sad. <laughs> but anyway, here we are. Um, it's been a great, it was a great summer, guys. Um, we did our Italy trip in May. We did a trip back up to Pittsburgh to see my family and friends and just let the kids kind of absorb a typical northern summer, which is so different from a Florida summer. And I mean, you would have thought I took them to Monaco or to like the French Riviera. These kids were like so into our Pittsburgh trip. They go up there, you know, we were outside. The grass isn't razor sharp like it is here in Florida. You know, you can go barefoot and run around. And my parents have this big um, open space, this big open lot next to their house with a giant tree swing. And they would wake up every morning and run out and push each other on a swing. And uh, I mean, like, we really didn't do anything all that exciting or fun. We did, you know, we went to the Science Center. We did go to Heinz Field and uh, do a tour, which was really cool. My son, who's super into football, got to catch a pass on Heinz Field, and that was pretty awesome. But it was just, it's crazy how, like, the most uh, unplanned and, like, unfancy things really impress kids. I mean, like like I said, you would have thought this was, like, a five-star resort. We were, like, crammed into my childhood bedroom and my sister's childhood bedroom in the house that I grew up in in Pittsburgh and just would, like, play outside every day and hang with the neighborhood kids and just do our thing. And it was, like, the best trip of, of their lives. So that was fun. And we came back. We did a little, a few beach weekends here because we're only about an hour from the beach here in Orlando. And, you know, it was just so simple and fun. And I can't believe we're already back in the routine of things. It is weird how I look back at our schedule growing up and we would have off a full three months. In fact, we didn't even do family vacations until like the second week in August growing up. And now they only get two months and they're back in school in the same week that we used to like go go on vacation as kids. Oh my gosh, core memory time. So growing up, my family and um, so our family, my sister and I, my parents, uh, my aunt and uncle and my cousin, my nana, who was my dad's mom and a bunch of people like on that side of the family, our yearly trip was to the Jersey Shore, which speaking of thinking you're going to the Riviera and not like growing up as a kid in in Pittsburgh in landlocked Pittsburgh um you know no beach we have the rivers but no beach I I thought I was going on like a, a, a five-star resort vacation every year we went to the Jersey Shore we would pack into I, I think we would rent a car. I can't remember. Sometimes we drove ours. Anyway, um, this just goes to show you how far we've come. Um, so our vacation was waking up. We would the, the day before we would go to Shop and Save, which was the the local grocery store. My mom would let us like raid the crafts aisle, which was like the coloring books and the pencils and the crayons and the markers and the activity books. I we would get to buy whatever we wanted for the trip, which which in and of itself was like. Honestly, it was like it was hitting the lottery. I was like, I can't believe this is my life. I get to buy three coloring books. (laughs) Nerd then, nerd now. Um, We would start with that. Um, My mom and my nana and my aunt would make all kinds of food before we would leave. I I don't know why we all, as Italians, we travel with food. If you're Italian, American, you know this. Like we don't go anywhere without planning 
what we're going to be eating, <laughs> not only when we get there, but when we're driving there. So they would make what was called city chicken. And it was like a breaded fried chicken. And I can't remember. I feel like it wasn't really chicken. And they called it city chicken because it was pork. I don't remember what it was. We would pack this giant um, tinfoil container full of city chicken. We'd rent our car and or trick out. We had a Lincoln Continental, which I mean... Come on, like back in the day, that was like the pimpest of all the rides. It was like long, it was like this long, big boat. My parents would, this is hysterical to think about, take the small TV. It was a black and white TV and it was in our kitchen and it had rabbit ears. And my dad would rig it. This was in the rental van one year. My dad would rig it so that he could plug it into the adapter and get a TV signal as we were driving. (laughs) And we would put a literal small box TV in the vehicle. We would wake up at three o'clock in the morning. We had everything packed. I mean, my mom was, and is, I mean, to this day, like organized as shit. I mean, she's just like, nothing gets past her. So we'd be all packed. We'd make our grocery run. We'd pack all our food. We'd make the city chicken. We'd, I mean, any and everything. They would bring like loaves of bread, cold cuts. I mean, everything. (laughs) You would think we were like traveling to Bangladesh. Like we were going to be on... hours and hours en route. And it was like a six hour, eight hour drive to the shore. Anyway, we'd pack it all up. We'd get everything ready. And my mom would wake us up in the middle of the night. We thought 5 a.m. was like, I mean, it, it was like the dead of night to us. Um, we would wake up early, four, five o'clock, pack into the car, bring our little pillows, set up the black and white TV, just sleep for the first however long and then fire up the TV and start watching. Like we got no channel. I mean, there's hint. <laughs> there's no channel you can really get on a highway when you're driving, unless you're like in a neighborhood and you're picking up random signals. Like, I don't know what we were thinking. It, it was just, it was the ultimate luxury to us though. We're like, oh my God, we saw like three minutes of C-SPAN. This is, a, and we're in the car. I mean, kids these days really have no idea. And, uh, we would pack in the car. We would uh, spend eight hours driving there. We'd stop at the rest stop. My nana would, we would literally pop open the trunk, eat our city chicken <laughs> in a rest stop. You know, we wake up and my dad's like, you know, drinking his coffee and we're like eating full on fried chicken at like 7 a.m. on the Pennsylvania and New Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> like having a little, like a little Italian picnic in the corner. I don't know. We didn't, we didn't, I don't, why didn't we drive through McDonald's? I don't know why. This is just what we did. And um, we also would have a CB, a CB radio. And so we would pack, um, you know, pack the car, get going. And when the TV didn't work, we would hop on the CB and talk to all the truckers driving by, which works unless you get like a weirdly perverted truck driver who would say inappropriate stuff on the CB. But we would get on. It was, oh my gosh, it was so much fun. Breaker 1-9 for radio check. We would put on a fake accent. We would do the whole thing. Uh, oh, just so much fun. Anyway, whole point being like, those are the, those are the core memories. You know what I mean? Those are when I look back and I think, oh, I like hate that we're, you know, I don't hate, but it's like, we're spending another week in Pittsburgh at home and we're just doing, I think, oh God, those are going to be the kids like core memories. They're going to be, you know, reminiscing about the days when we did just the simple kind of boring, but really fun stuff. And, um, and yeah, it's kind of cool. Like I look back on that. There's so many people that take fancy vacations and I love that too. I love that for, 
I love that for families. And I'm sure there will be a time when we, I mean, I'm, we're already planning doing on doing some vacations that are a little, you know, a little farther from home and experiencing different cultures and stuff like that. But I'll tell you what, it's, it's really the stuff like that that sticks. Um, our Jersey Shore vacations, literally, oh my God, from zero to 18 every year. And the routine was you would wake up and we were friends with this family from Jersey. So when we, I, I mean, I had a pen pal from New York that I would meet up with every year at the beach. We had a friend, a family from Jersey that we were friends with. They would exchange uh, sauce recipes, like, you know, uh, sauce. You make sauce every Sunday. They would call it, what would they call it? Gravy. They would call it gravy. <laughs> so, I mean, all the Italian ladies, they were comparing like sauce and gravy recipes by the beach. And the, we would bring a giant cooler full of cold cuts and, and Italian bread. Like legit, we would bring frozen loaves of Italian bread to the Jersey Shore <laughs> every year. We would make our own lunches at the beach. We would wake up at, I mean, my parents were up early, right? 7, 7.30. We'd be at the beach at 9. You're out there frying in oil. There was no SPF. This was not a thing back in the 80s and 90s. Frying on the beach from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. We eat our cold cuts for lunch. We'd run to the um, the ice cream guy that would come by, get our Choco Tacos, RIP Choco Tacos. By the way, did you hear they discontinued them? Such amazing memories of that snack on the on the Jersey Shore beach with my family. Um, yeah, so nine to five at the, I mean, like nothing could pull us away. We would go from the pool to the ocean, from the pool to the ocean, from the pool to the ocean. I mean, like back and forth with our cousins, with these friends from, from Jersey and from New York. And it was literally, uh, I, there was no better vacation, no better vacation to be. I don't care if you would have taken us as kids to, I mean, in Disney World, we'd be like, meh, take us back to the Jersey Shore. Loved it. We stayed at the Villanova Motel. I don't know if that's still out there, but for anyone who who stayed along that strip of the Jersey Shore um, back in the 80s and 90s, you remember that they were all like um, deliberately retro. And so it was like a, a 50s, 60s. It was like kind of a 60s vibe, I guess. Um back, you know, in the 80s and 90s, which wasn't like super retro back then, but still had that feel. Like you walked in and you were like, uh-huh, we are not in our time. This is of another time. <laughs> it, it like felt like, it felt retro even back then, which is hysterical to think about. And they were just literally one room. You would walk in, there would be um, two, I think maybe full, maybe full or queen size, maybe queen, probably full size beds. We just lived in, in one room for the whole thing. Mini fridge, we put our a uh, little efficiency kind of thing with a sink and yada, yada. We put all our food in there. We would go grocery. Sh- I mean, like we'd set it up like a house for the whole week. And it was the best vacation ever. I can only hope that we're like creating those memories for our kids. Um, but yeah, oh my God, shout out to anybody who did the Jersey Shore vacations. If you did, you have to you have to hit me up on Instagram and let me know where you stayed. I heard that that area actually had kind of like a revitalization like people started to like you know think it was kind of cool and retro again to like stay in those kinds of places and I don't know I haven't been to the Jersey Shore in a minute but you know anyhow point is is we're making those core memories this year with the kids in the summer and it was amazing and I, I I just I look back and I feel like at the beginning of the summer I was so ready you know like we're all so ready to be done and and with the school year and then you get into summer and you're like well damn this is actually kind of hard too because you got to fight you know you're going to camps you're going to you have kind of competing schedules this kid is in this camp and this kid's in that activity so I was really deliberate this year about scheduling in a way that let the kids I mean have summer right like I don't want I don't want them to be in camp every week for them or for me like I don't want to wake up 
drive them, drive their asses to camp every week and, and, and have a schedule that we have to adhere to, you know, with or else we'd be wasting money or wasting whatever. So we were really, I was really deliberate about kind of making it a nice blend. We did a couple of camps for my son. We did a couple of camps for my daughter, our um, second grader, and just a couple of days of activities for my, for our little one. Poor, poor baby. I mean, this thing, this girl, she's like, I'm waiting for the point where she's going to have like a massive identity crisis because she has no opportunity to like really do what she wants to do because we're constantly chasing the older two ones around. So anyway, um, it was a great, it was a great summer and I can't believe we're here and I can't believe we're talking about being back at school and all this stuff. I did my um, annual, I guess I should say seasonal drawer clean out. Did anybody do this as you head back into school? I just feel this overwhelming need to just purge and organize. So I spent, I would say the last two weekends, maybe three weekends, a day each leading into the school year going through like a maniac, the drawers in our house. Like every, there was nothing off limits. We did the kids' closets. We did the craft area. I, I did, actually. And I, Andrew would come home and I'd be like, can't you tell it's so organized? He's like, no, actually, I can't tell anything because everything you did was in a drawer or behind a door. So anyway, I go into this like turbo, turbo nesting mode when school is here. Um, got a deep clean of the fridge. I had to get our um, our couch cushions, you know, the, the slip covers, took them off, washed them, the whole thing. We're all done. We're all clean. We're all ready for the school year. It's going to be great. Um, so yeah, here we are. Um, I wanted to just circle back and let you guys know kind of what's happening now on the podcast, what to look forward to in the upcoming um, new season. We're officially launching season three. Yay. Which should be fun. I'm doing a whole rebrand again. I felt like it was time, you know, um, the brand's got to grow with you. The vibe, the visuals kind of have to grow. So I'm looking at, as we speak, um, like the new colors and fonts and like the vibe that you're going to be seeing on the, um, on the blog and on social media. And it's so good. I can't wait to, I can't wait to show you more. Um, yeah, it's, it's very exciting. Okay. So this episode is going to be a little bit of a blend of some, um, recent kind of highlights from the podcast. I love to do kind of a roundup of some amazing, uh, tips we learned from recent guests and point you in the direction of where to go to listen. If you want more, the thing with the podcast is there's so many like deeper dive type things that we do that sometimes, you know, you just want a great takeaway and you want to know what you need to go and target in the episode to listen to and to, you know, get more on. So first we're going to do that and then we'll catch up on some other life stuff, talk about what's coming next and just, you know, look ahead a little to the year. So first things first, this past summer, you probably noticed we didn't do any live shows. We did a ton of taped content with really amazing guests. Um, actually really liked being able to not be married to a certain time and have to be here for the live show, but we are going to do that again this year. It's always fun to be on uh, Facebook and YouTube live to have a little bit of interaction and questions and feedback as we go, you know, as we do the show. So I like that element, but, um, but this past summer we recorded and kind of blocked as many as we could and got them all taped and posted. So I'm going to refer to episode numbers. I'll put this all in show notes too, but these are just some highlights from some guests that we interviewed that I interviewed this past summer that I think are worth checking out. 
I posted this uh, on Instagram too, so um, there's an easy reference point as well if you want to go back and check it out there. Okay, so let's re rewind to episode 185 with Indy Lee. This was an episode we dropped early summer, and she's a guest I've had on the podcast before. She is the founder of Indy Lee, the skincare line, but she's so much more than a beauty entrepreneur. And what I think is a great takeaway from this interview which if you want more on this, go back and listen to episode 185. Uh, Indy had a brain tumor and she took this, what, what would be a devastating medical diagnosis for really anyone and used it as an opportunity to propel her into not only inspiration for starting her business, but also into the idea that we can take our health, our mindset into our own hands. And when we do that, it can actually really impact the outcome of what happens. So she goes into this story on the podcast about how when she got this diagnosis, she immediately, you know, she got the call in her car. She immediately drove to the doctor's office um, and how she, she realized at that moment, okay, I can decide right now whether or not I'm going to take this diagnosis. I'm going to take this negative news, this challenge and sit in it, wallow in it. Or if I'm going to work on my mindset and find ways that I can heal myself. And even if it doesn't mean physically manifesting into healing, it mentally heals you. So she talks about her spiritual journey and in, in particular, her practice of Buddhism and how meditation and mindfulness practices really impacted her mental health. And she believes also her physical health. So the tumor came back and she went into a really intense period of meditation and self-reflection and really, really focused on her own mindset and sense of peace. And she healed, she healed herself. And, you know, I don't want to sit here and pretend I'm not a medical expert. She's not a medical expert. This obviously shouldn't be taken as medical advice. But what I loved about this episode was that it was a really powerful reminder of how our mindset can impact our emotions, but even in some cases, our physicality. Um, so definitely go and listen to that. It's really easy to like look at her as an entrepreneur and think, oh yeah, it's just kind of like a you know, this is what she does. She's, she's a beauty person, but she's, there's so much more to her story than that. And I was just really grateful that she spent time. Sorry, I'm plugging in my charger here. <laughs> I was really grateful. She spent time talking to us about talking to me about how important mindset is. So we talk about some basics of Buddhism, uh, how the practice changed her life, um, how she turned her own mindset and health around. It's really good. Episode 185. Check it out. Okay. Takeaway number two, this comes from episode 184. This is with Andrea Rappaport. So Andrea is a PR expert and a marketing guru, but she's also the host of the How Not to Suck a Divorce podcast. Andrea was very candid and open about her relationship, her uh, former relationship or ex-relationship, and how she got out of what she called an unhealthy pattern of... Um, mistreatment, I guess, is, is the way to, I, I don't want to be making accusations about people here, but how, how she felt like she got out of a bad relationship. And even though divorce was a really difficult decision to make as she has two young kids, um, how she found the strength to ask for more in her relationship and ask for more for herself. And at the end of the day, um, she talks about how at the end of the day, she realized that even with all the work they were doing and she was doing individually. It just wasn't going, the marriage wasn't going to work. So she talks about the, the process of understanding how she knew it was time to separate and get a divorce. She talks about 
signs and, 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 and signals sort of that she watched out for to, to know that it wasn't the right relationship for her, what she did next. And she's really, really good about giving practical advice. If you are also getting a divorce and want to know like, okay, what do I do now? I've decided that this isn't the place for me. This isn't the relationship for me. What do I do? So Andrea and her co-host have a really great show. So we talk about the specifics of like next steps. So say you get over the mental hurdle of deciding, okay, this is unfortunately the road I have to go down. We, I need to pursue a divorce. Um, she has really practical, good advice on what next steps to take, how to find a great attorney, how to know if they're a fit for you. She talks about custody issues and um, personal challenges that she experienced when trying to, you know, uh, find out what schedule worked for their lives. She's very honest too about how difficult it is to um, spend time away from her boys and talks about the emotional aspects of single parenthood and how, how it's both uh, in some ways you know, refreshing to, to have your individual time back and how it's never not devastating too to be away from your kids for any portion of time. So what I love about Andrea is that she's just so raw and real and honest and she's a great follow on social media too. So that's episode 184. Please, please give that a listen if that is uh, some advice you might need. Okay, the next episode as we do a little uh, summer retrospective is episode 187. This is a, with a woman named Paviel Haynes. She's a woman's a women's health expert and policy expert. And I interviewed Paviel right after the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So her expertise is in the area of women's health care and policy as it relates to health care and decisions that women have to make. So we really focused this interview on how women's health care looks different after the Dobbs ruling. Um, now that, you know, it is um, in the realm of each individual state to make up their own rules as to um, the legality of abortion, at what point it, it is legal, uh, you know, all the boundaries and restrictions, as we know, are now dictated by the state rather than the federal government since the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So what Paviel and I talk about is essentially what to do now that your health care could look different depending on what state you're in. So we run through specific topics like how things like... Um, you know, difficult pregnancies, ectopic pregnancies, um, issues where the mother is in danger of miscarrying and any sort of complicated issue when it comes to pregnancy and delivery, how you need to now decide to pick your OBGYN based on these potential challenges. Of course, it'll differ by state depending on where you are, but she really gets into the questions that you might want to ask if you're looking for a new provider. If you're in a state where the law could change or is likely to change, whether or not you should consider moving practices. Um, what she thinks might happen down the line as states begin to um, individually legislate. It's a really complicated issue. And, you know, I make no mistake about my stance on this. In fact, um, we did a whole mini series called the Rose series, which is also up on the feed, where I talk with women about their personal beliefs and views on abortion and why they feel that way. Actually, it's kind of like an audio diary thing. So they just call in with their stories. But, um, but you know, this is something I encourage you to listen to no matter where you are on that belief spectrum, on the, you know, abortion, it's it's pro-life, pro-choice, whatever you identify as, this is just really practical, useful information because the fact of the matter is, is that um, 
you know, your body is going to do what your body's going to do regardless of what you believe when you're pregnant, right? And you may ex- face unexpected challenges when it comes to pregnancy or carrying a baby to term. And um, what I think really we managed to accomplish in the interview is just get good information out to people who are now questioning um, if their healthcare provider or if the state they're in is is the right place to be. Should there be a challenge or should there be a decision they need to make in their pregnancy? So... That is episode 187. You'll probably see sort of nestled around that some other great conversations I had with um, a constitutional law expert about Roe v. Wade, how it, how we got here. Like, how did we get here? Um, and then those audio diaries, too, where women uh, very bravely share their stances and their views on abortion and why they feel how they feel. The next interview I would love if you go check out was uh, with Dr. Whitney Bowe. She is a favorite of mine. So she's, the, uh, she's a dermatologist and a scientist, and she is a frequent contributor to Good Morning America. So chances are you see her all over regular media as well. She's always appearing on the show talking about uh, skincare and um, anything related to sort of cosmetics and aesthetics. We had her on episode 191, and we talk all about the connection between gut health and skin health, but it goes a lot deeper than that. So we also talk about the prevalence of antibiotics, especially in the 80s. I'm a child of the 80s. I was drinking the pink stuff literally every other week for a period. I had horrible ears. And um, she talks about the impact that antibiotics can have on children's health and things to do with your parent and you have to. You know, obviously there's a different stance and approach that doctors take these days in prescribing antibiotics. They're a little less um, pushy with it. They really wait to give them to kids only if they're absolutely needed. But what I loved about this conversation is she gives really specific advice and I ask for specific advice for parents about what to do if your kid has to be on a on antibiotics and how to get their gut health back on track because she believes as as I do and many people do that good gut health in the beginning of your life is, you know, just as essential as it is as an adult when you're trying to, you know, have good gut health for your skin or for your digestive issues or whatever. It's it's equally as important as in kids. So we dive into that. We dive into some steps that parents can take if their kids have to be on antibiotics. And then, of course, because she's a dermatologist and because she came out with an amazing skincare line, we also talk about the role of gut health on like how her skin looks too. So what to look out for if um, on your skin, if you might be having gut health issues, how it manifests, the things that might show up on your skin if you're having a gut issue. Um, and we also talk about her new product line, which is amazing. Literally just finished drinking the Elixir. It's like a suppl- a liquid supplement from her line. And it is it, truly fantastic. So check out episode 191 if you want to hear all about gut health, skin health, SPFs, her recommendations on good sun protection, et cetera, et cetera. And finally, uh, I love this one too. So this episode was just put out this past week. I believe it's episode 193. I interviewed manifestation coach, Effia Salter. So I know you hear the word manifestation and you're like, like I can't. Like, what, what does it even mean? What does manifest? Do I just want something and it, it comes to me because I ask the universe for it? I mean, it is kind of that simple and it's also kind of that complicated. So this episode with Afia Salter is all about, it's pretty much manifesting 101. What it is, why some, it really works for some people. And we also talk about why it might not work. So I feel like we all hear the same things when it comes to tips on manifestation. Make your vision board, picture yourself in the moment of success, 
visualize. Well, I'm not necessarily a visual person and Afia said the same thing about herself. So we walk through some modalities that might be helpful. If you're the type of person who made a vision board and like nothing happened and you're like, what? And I, I, you know, I meditated on it. I thought about it. I looked at it. I looked at it every day and it still doesn't work. She has some really great tips for sort of different sensorial ways to manifest that don't rely on, on vision only because there are a lot of us who like that's not our strong suit. So um, she talks about specific things that you can and should do if you're trying to bring that good energy into your life and if you're trying to affect some good positive change. We talk about, I really love this. She says why you shouldn't ask for signs about your relationship or really for anything in life. So we talk about why that's the case. And the big takeaway from this episode for me was also how she said, you don't have to be high vibe all the time when it comes to manifesting. She says all emotions are useful in the manifestation process. Again, you hear manifestation and you feel like it has to center around you being this amazingly positive person all the time and really focusing only on the good and how you're going to feel great. And Afia's whole belief system is that, okay, well, sometimes we need that dark, she calls it the dark side of feminine energy. We need that um, sort of reactionary emotion. We need fear to tell us why things aren't manifesting for us. There's a role for fear in manifestation. And that's maybe to point us in the other direction. So I love her approach so much. She's actually the host of a podcast called The Manifest Edit. So it's another great follow if you're looking for a show where she breaks down all of this. But please do listen to episode 193 if you want more talk on that. We talk about divine timing, why perfect timing doesn't exist. It's great. So definitely go give those episodes a check. I just wanted to leave some high points here for you because I feel like, like I said, Sometimes the interviews are long. We get a little deep divey and it gets really complicated really quick. So definitely check out those episodes. I will put them all in show notes and you'll get some great advice from some recent great guests. All right, guys, that is it for now. We're going to be back, like I said, with some great guests starting in September on the live show. So stay tuned for that. Also looking forward to hearing from you. If there's a topic that you really want to hear more about, shoot me a, shoot me a memo, shoot me a note in, um, on Instagram or um, email me at sunny at sunnyabata.com. Love to hear from you and love to know what's on your mind. Hope you guys are having a wonderful back to school experience, whether you got kids in school or not, or whether you, you know, whatever it is, fall is the time. I feel like we get back into routines and organization and I'm here for it big time. Hope you guys are having a wonderful start to the, uh, to the almost fall season. And we'll see you back here on We Gotta Talk really soon with some more good stuff. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of We Gotta Talk. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and follow along on Instagram at Sunny Abata, S-O-N-N-I-A-B-A-T-T-A. All of the latest blog posts are at wegotatalk.com slash blog. 